Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Abundant Truth Broadcast with host Roderick L. Evans. Join us as we herald the message of the Christian faith, stand in defense of the gospel, and present the truth of God as it has been revealed in Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's message. Book of Psalms, and we want to look at Psalm 30. Give us the Book of Psalms, and we want to go to Psalm 30. Beginning at verse 4. Again, that's Psalm 30. We want to look at verses 4 through 10. And it reads, Sing unto the Lord, all ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but for a moment. In his favor, come on and say favor, favor. is a lot. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall not be moved. You got to remember that as God blesses you and brings you up out of things, don't be moved from righteousness and holiness just because you're prosperous. He goes on to say, Lord, by thy favor, come on and say favor. Thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord. And unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. On this morning I want to talk to you from the subject, a divorce called faith. A force called faith. We know favor. Favor means to show special consideration for or to. Favor, when it shows up, it comes up indiscriminately based upon the one who's showing the favor. We know and understand in today's churches, people are throwing around the word favor like it's the word the. They throw around favor as if God in his holiness will just show favor to anybody. But I come on this morning to let you know that favor isn't as indiscriminate as you think. Because if favor was blind, then that means that God then would begin to move in a manner of unrighteousness. Understand, anytime you see someone wicked, prospering, it's not because God has blessed them, but he needs them to accomplish purpose. First of all, I guess we need to start here. To understand the place of the wicked in the plan of God. 
Isn't it interesting that from the beginning, when the devil rebelled and the angels rebelled with him, God could have destroyed them then. But somehow in his ultimate wisdom, he allowed the angels that sinned and rebelled to continue on. And the angel question has been, if God, if God, if God is so much of love and if he is so righteous, how could he allow evil to be in the world? And how could he allow the adversary to continue to do what he does? Well, my first response to that question and that concern is what Paul said when he said, who are you that replies against God? He said, shall the thing formed say to the one that formed me, why have you created me thus? See, a lot of people are trying to call God into question when God created you. Because before you try to ask God about why is the devil being allowed to do what he does, you need to ask yourself, how come God is allowing me to still be who I am even after I've received him? Every angel that serves the living God on this day 
They now don't do it just because they were created to do it, and that's all they ever do. He allowed the wickedness to stand so that now they do it by choice. So, and then guess what God did? He allowed the atmosphere to come down. He put the truth in the midst of the garden. But man was created good. Man did not know good and evil. And birth based upon man's creation, except a choice was involved, he would have just sold and created God by virtue of creation, rather by choice. Now, one thing God has always revealed in both testaments is that if you're going to serve him, you're going to serve him by choice. So he did not show up until after Eve gave in to the temptation, until after Adam did what he did, so that those that would come from Adam would be able now to make a choice. We create robots, God don't. If he's the true and the living God, ain't nothing coming to him dead. So we find, we find that now, because the adversary did what he did in heaven, and he brought that foolishness down to the earth, it brings us now to us that now we are a people struggling, striving, straining, Standing to do what is right in the midst of wickedness, both externally and internally. But I discovered something, that the only way I'm really able to do it is by a force called favor. The scriptures tell us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son favor upon a world that had turned their back on him. Say, but because I created you, and because I allowed the adversary to do what he did, I cannot leave you in that state. So he turns around. We love to say, and we love to put it out there, that he did it just for me. Truth is, it said he loved the world. Meaning he just didn't have you in mind, he had everybody in mind. Just see, because in the church, we hear favor and we hear agape. And we begin to twist the meaning. Understand, when we talk about the agape of God, first of all, understand that the word agape does not have divine origin. That's because that's all we hear. Understand, the apostles chose the word of God to describe God's love. First of all, because in their culture, it was a general term used to describe love. A very basic term. They would use it from enjoying a meal to talking about family. And it didn't have a whole lot of connection to any religion. That brings us to the second reason why they chose agape. Because agape was not used in association with the philosophies of that day, 
with the false idol worship of that day. So they took that term of love and applied it to the church's love so that there would be a distinction out the gate. Y'all know we do it today. We will say we call it Christian love rather than just saying love. That's why they chose the gospel so that it would not be confused with any other love that was there. Because the word agape comes from the Greek word agon, which means much. That's why love and agape is used to describe God's corporate love because it's much love being demonstrated. I understand agape. Y'all want to know what agape is like? If I host a party, what I do is fix chicken and food, and I fix all of these refreshments. I don't have any person in mind, but I just set out the table, and anybody that comes and eats can eat. That's a goblin. That regardless of who you are, whether I know you, whether somebody else invited you to my party, I just set out that food knowing that someone would want to eat it. For God so loved the world, I just set Christ out there. That, that at some point in time, I want somebody to receive him. If it's not you, it might be her. I don't know who, but somebody got to receive him. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Abundant Truth Broadcast is a ministry of Abundant Truth International Ministries and can be heard here on Wednesdays. For more information, you can visit us online at AbundantlyTruth.net. And remember, the Bible is truth and it is abundantly truth.